Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm not sure what time zone you're in. Don't know when you'll be hearing this. But welcome to The Mystic Show. This is the show where we talk about spirituality, meditation, self-help, mindfulness, all the things that are unseen and otherworldly. All the aspects of life that we know are the most important, but maybe because of habits or something, we don't give enough attention to them. We're all on a spiritual journey. Some of us are actually active in a spiritual practice to enhance our mindfulness and our self-awareness. Others are on their way to discovering their journey of a practice of meditation. Right? I think we're all on the same journey, but we're all in different places. And I don't think anyone is really ahead or behind because everyone is on their own journey. It's it's not a competition. It's not a race. You know, saints and holy men throughout time have been unanimously clear on this one point. Ignoring the unseen spiritual aspects of your life would be the biggest tragedy. And this show is dedicated to exploring things unseen and otherworldly. And we can take phone calls, so if you want to give us a call, the number is 973-498-8033. And our website is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And the phone number is on the webpage as well, 973-498-8033. I'm Chris Curran. We're broadcasting here from Fractal Recording in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey. There, I gave it away. Now you all know where I am, where we are. Um, And yesterday was our first show, and it was very well received. I appreciate all the feedback from everyone and all the listeners and all the messages. Um, If you do have questions that you want to ask, you can go ahead and send them in through the contact page on the website. Um. Or I'm going to actually, uh, I have to set up an email address I can give you guys. You can email your questions. And yesterday what we did uh, pretty early on was we read a little bit from a James Allen book. So James Allen was a mystic um, about a hundred years ago, I think he passed away. And he lived in England and he wrote many books uh, As a Man Thinketh is probably the one you've heard of, but the one I was reading from is called Byways of Blessedness by James Allen. It's one of the greatest books I've read in my life. And the first chapter is about right beginnings, about how important it is to begin things properly. And so yesterday being the beginning of our show, we... um we read that chapter, and um, it it was talking about the importance of beginnings and how overlooked they are. And also, he talked about the importance of the beginning of each day and waking up early and starting the day, you know, in an act of strength instead of an act of weakness. Um, 
because he says that the way you be, the nature of the beginning of something determines the nature of the result of something. So if you begin something well, it it will go well. And I think there's an old English saying, uh, well begun is half done. So so I'm going to go ahead and finish reading this chapter called Right Beginnings, and it's from the book Byways of Blessedness by James Allen. And I think in the future I'm going to actually pre-record these because yesterday my I, I wanted to take a drink of water so bad, but I, I couldn't stop because I don't want to have any dead air. So let's hope that doesn't happen today. I drank some chamomile tea this morning. I hope that helped my throat. So here we go. I'll start reading from the chapter on right beginnings. Do not dwell upon the sins and mistakes of yesterday so exclusively as to have no energy and mind left for living rightly today. And do not think that the sins of yesterday can prevent you from living purely today. Begin today aright and aided by the accumulated experiences of all your past days, live it better than any of your previous days. But you cannot possibly live it better unless you begin it better. The character of the whole day depends upon the way it is begun. Another beginning which is of great importance is the beginning of any particular and responsible undertaking. How does a man begin the building of a house? He first secures a plan of the proposed edifice and then proceeds to build according to the plan, scrupulously following it in every detail, beginning with the foundation. Should he neglect the beginning, namely the obtaining of a mathematical plan, his labor would be wasted, and his building, should it reach completion without tumbling to pieces, would be insecure and worthless." The same law holds good in any important work. The right beginning and first essential is a definite mental plan on which to build. Nature will have no slipshod work, no slovenliness, and she annihilates confusion, or rather, confusion is itself annihilation. Order, definiteness, purpose, eternally and universally prevail. And he who, in his operations, ignores these mathematical elements at once deprives himself of substantiality, completeness, success. Let a man start in business without having in his mind a perfectly formed plan to systematically pursue, and he will be incoherent in his efforts and will fail in his business operations. The laws which must be observed in the building of a house also operate in the building up of a business. A definite plan is followed by coherent effort, and coherent effort is followed by well-knit and orderly results. To wit, completeness, perfection, success, happiness. But not only mechanical and commercial enterprise, all undertakings, of whatsoever nature, come under this law. The author's book, the artist's picture, the orator's speech, the reformer's work, the inventor's machine, 
the general's campaign, are all carefully planned in the mind before the attempt to actualize them is commenced. And in accordance with the unity, solidarity, and perfection of the original mental plan will be the actual and ultimate success of the undertaking. Successful men, influential men, good men, are those who, amongst other things, have learned the value and utilized the power which lies hidden in those obscure beginnings which the foolish man passes by as insignificant. But the most important beginning of all, that upon which affliction or blessedness inevitably, inevitably depends, yet is most neglected and least understood, is the inception of thought in the hidden but causal region of the mind. Your whole life is a series of effects having their cause in thought, in your own thought. All conduct is made and molded by thought. All deeds, good or bad, are thoughts made visible. A seed put into the ground is the beginning of a plant or tree. The seed germinates, the plant or tree comes forth into the light and evolves. A thought put into the mind is the beginning of a line of conduct. The thought first sends down its roots into the mind and then pushes forth into the light in the forms of actions or conduct, which evolve into character and destiny. Hateful, angry, envious, covetous, and impure thoughts are wrong beginnings which lead to painful results. Loving, gentle, kind, unselfish, and pure thoughts are right beginnings which lead to blissful results. This is so simple, so plain, so absolutely true. And yet how neglected, how evaded, and how little understood the gardener who most carefully studies how, when, and where to put in his seeds obtains the best results and gains the greater horticultural knowledge. The best crops gladden the soul of him who makes the best beginning. The man who most patiently studies how to put into his mind the seeds of strong, wholesome, and charitable thoughts will obtain the best results in life and will gain greater knowledge of truth. The greatest blessedness comes to him who infuses into his mind the purest and noblest thoughts. None but right acts can follow right thoughts. None but a right life can follow right acts. And by living a right life, all blessedness is achieved. He who considers the nature and import of his thoughts who strives daily to eliminate bad thoughts and supplant them with good, comes at last to see that thoughts are the beginning of results which affect every fiber of his being, which potently influence every moment and circumstance of his life. And when he thus sees, he thinks only right thoughts, chooses to make only those mental beginnings which lead to peace and blessedness. Wrong thoughts are painful in their inception, painful in their growth, and painful in their fruitage. Right thoughts are blissful in their inception, blissful in their growth, 
and blissful in their fruitage. Many are the right beginnings which a man must discover and adopt on his way to wisdom. But that which is first and last, most important and all-embracing, which is the source and fountain of all abiding happiness, is the right beginning of the mental operations. This implies the steady development of self-control, willpower, steadfastness, strength, purity, gentleness, insight, and comprehension. It leads to the perfecting of life. For he who thinks perfectly has abolished all unhappiness. His every moment is peaceful. His years are rounded with bliss. He has attained to the complete and perfect blessedness. Well, there you have it. That finishes up chapter one called Right Beginnings in James Allen's book, Byways of Blessedness. That is just powerful. I feel like meditating on that right now. I mean, I it's hard to even comment on writing that is that focused and powerful and true. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. I hope between yesterday and today, the discussing right beginnings uh, has been helpful, and um, and we can you can think of how to implement it in your life. You know, I don't. Obviously, I read half the chapter yesterday and half the chapter today. But even if I read the whole chapter on both days, that would probably be uh, the best because you know. Repeating things that are good is is good. <laughs> and you may say it's necessary because the more we repeat good thoughts, the more we enhance our lives for the better. I mean, that's what James Allen just told us. So I love that chapter, Right Beginnings. I read it from time to time. And the Byways of Blessedness book is just a great one as well. I think we'll probably continue with this book because it's very simple and very practical. And, you know, a little bit later in the show today, we're, we're going to talk about um, spirituality and religion and kind of define what they are and what the difference is. And in a way, James Allen, what he has written here is beyond both. I mean, it's at least beyond religion. It's just about the truth and you as a human being learning how to live properly and learning how to guide not only your physical body, but your mental body and your spiritual body all towards a happy life and and learning. Obviously, life isn't happy all the time. We have to we have to learn um, we're here to learn. Uh, you know, a lot of people think like this whole, our whole life is a school and we're here just to learn. And, uh, it's funny. I mentioned yesterday, this book, the holographic universe by Michael Talbot. And when he talks about the near death experiences, you know, people who have died and, uh, were resuscitated and they all report very similar things. Um, you know, that they went, 
they went towards a bright light, or first they exited their body, they could see their body, they could see the doctors working on their body, but they were completely separate. It, it wasn't them laying on the hospital bed. It was it was just a body. And um, and they feel totally light and free, like a weightlessness, like a just a pure spiritual joy. Weightlessness is a good way to put it, I guess. Um, and then they go towards the light, and um, and then there's higher beings that sort of take them through um, looking at their their whole life. Apparently, they're shown or we or you, whatever, uh, apparently we're shown what, basically we look at our whole lives, every moment of our lives, but it doesn't take, you know, 50 years or 80 years to go through every moment. It almost happens instantaneously. It's just like, you know, what every moment of your life was, and then you can basically process it. Anyway, this is what, this is what Michael Talbot says in his book, uh, The Holographic Universe, which is really good. So what I want to do is I'm going to take a quick little break. I'm just going to play um, a little song here. This is actually uh, Enya. It's the memory of trees. And um, I actually wore my sweatshirt this morning because the mornings now are getting a little cooler. And um, I started the show and I'm still wearing my sweatshirt and it now I'm just burning up hot. So uh, anyway, I'm going to play this Anya song and take off my sweatshirt and um, we'll be right back. And I'm going to um, next we're going to talk about atmosphere and, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story about a little trip I took. Okay. So here we go. Okay, we're just going to play the beginning of that. I don't want to go through. It's actually an instrumental song, and it's four minutes. So anyhow, I took my sweatshirt off. I feel better. So let's talk about atmosphere. Uh, You know, this whole show is based on spirituality and meditation and self-help and uh, also mindfulness. I don't know if you've read anything about mindfulness or heard of, you know, heard about it. It's a general concept. I was thinking we should also talk about mindlessness <laughs> because very often it's our mind that is the problem, right? Our mind creates all the problems. And it's funny that the great spiritual teachers tell us that the mind can be our greatest enemy, but the mind can also be our greatest friend. And really it's the only instrument we have to to move forward in our spiritual pursuit. And that's a big reason why people learn meditation because basically when you meditate it's like you're it's like you're working out your mind. Meaning you're not becoming more active, you're becoming more passive, but 
you know, I, I was coming into the studio this morning and, and there's an LA fitness very close to the studio. And I saw people getting out of their cars and, you know, they have their gym bag and they, they're, they're, you know, it's six, six in the morning and they're going to the gym. They're going to go in there and work out. I don't know. Maybe they're going to run on a treadmill or maybe they're going to lift some weights. Why do they do it? To exercise their body so their body is in good shape. Well, when you think about the mind, what do people do to strengthen their mind? Really nothing, because even when, I guess reading books, you can gain some knowledge, but that's knowledge. That's not, that's not the actual mind or thinking process. So we don't really do anything with our mind until we start meditating. Then what happens is you start to work with your mind to make it stronger and more pure. And eventually, so it's under your control, because that's what we find a lot of times with, uh, with meditation is um, we, when, when people begin meditation, they can't control their thoughts and they get very frustrated. Why? Because, our, we're, because you're not in control of your mind. You've lost control of your mind. It's basically running wild. And meditation is a way to, to take back that control. So then we can use our mind to achieve what we want to achieve in life because our mind is the only tool to do anything. The body by itself does nothing. It's just made up of solid matter. It doesn't move, doesn't think, doesn't do anything. It's like a table or a chair or a wall, but it's just different molecules in a different (laughs) configuration. But our mind is what gives uh, action to the body. And it, obviously it's our spirit or our soul or our divinity, whatever you want to call it, that gives the breath of life to the body itself, the consciousness, basically. So coming back to atmosphere, when we start to look into spiritual subjects and when we start to, especially when we start to meditate, um, and by the way, uh, I I just turned the phone on here, I had the ringer off, so... If you want to call up and uh, have a question for me or you want to chat with me, 973-498-8033. 973-498-8033. So when we begin meditation or we start on our spiritual journey, we become more sensitive. And... um we begin to sense things in other people or sense things in places, right? We just become sensitive to what's around us. Think about it. If you go to a graveyard at night, (laughs) you might feel very scared or something or just get shivers down your spine or something or goosebumps, whatever. Um, you know, contrast that with, let's say you go into the hospital, into the, the uh, maternity ward where there's all the new babies and you stand there at the glass and you look at all the, the, uh, I want to say new babies, (laughs) uh, babies that were just born. Um, right. There's that feeling of hope and wonder, really wonder like, wow. And hope, right. Doesn't every mother have hope? for a child. I think we all have hope for children. 
So anyway, the atmosphere in the graveyard is very different from the atmosphere in the maternity ward, which is very different from the atmosphere in a church, which is very different from the atmosphere in a dance club in New York City or a bar. And and I guess I guess football just started. I haven't really been following it. Um but the atmosphere in a football stadium is something different. So all these places have a different atmosphere. And also people have their own atmosphere, you could call it. Really, it's a vibration. You know, each person gives off the vibes, whatever vibes they have. And here's, here's something I'd like to share with you. How do you create that vibe for yourself? Well, I believe it's your thoughts. Just like James Allen said, when you when you when you begin with right thoughts, you exude that energy. And you know, people who are looking for a new job, they're going on an interview. If they're thinking in their mind, "Oh, I'm never going to get this interview. They'll never hire me. Why would they hire me? This is a big company. I'm not good enough." If you have all those thoughts, you're going to exude that energy on the interview and you're not going to get hired. The other way is if you walk in and think that you already got the job and you already, as you're walking down the hall, you look at a few desks and you say, oh, that's probably going to be my desk. And, you know, you talk with the interviewer as if you're buddies and you have a great time and you smile and you're relaxed. And guess what? You get the job. So we create our own vibration by our thoughts and the the uh the combined thoughts of a group of people create the atmosphere of a place so if you get together with 20 people and meditate thinking about divinity it's going to be a very divine atmosphere if you get together with 20 people and go on a boat water skiing that's a different atmosphere and no atmosphere is better than any other, but they're different, and they affect us in different ways. For instance, if you you can control your own atmosphere, right, by your own vibration, but here's the thing, if you go in, let's say you have a good vibration, you're, you're thinking very good thoughts, you're very connected to the universe, you feel great, you're very, you feel very light, you know, you feel happy. And let's say you go to a place that has a really negative and, and aggressive and heavy, gross atmosphere. You'll be able to withstand it for a period of time. But if you stay in that place, the atmosphere will start to affect you. Um, if If you're the only one with a good good attitude or good uh, vibration, you will start to be affected by your atmosphere. So what that means is that we have to be very careful of what, what atmosphere we put ourselves in. And if it's a bad atmosphere, we should recognize it and leave. Now look, practical life gets in the way. You know, what if you're... Uh, <laughs> What if one of your family members' houses has a horrible atmosphere? Well, you still may have to go there from time to time. 
but you know you can maybe not stay as long as you might have or maybe you know get creative figure out how to do some activities there or do something different to change the atmosphere or to insulate yourself from getting affected by it so believe it or not this is practical spirituality in my opinion and these are the things that again as James Allen says are often overlooked so it's it's atmosphere is very important <clears throat> excuse me and I want to tell you about a trip I took to Lake Tahoe Nevada so it was about a couple years ago actually maybe it was more than a couple I think it was like three years ago and I was taking a program from a, a business coach and her headquarters is in um, Lake Tahoe Nevada and it's right next to the California border so on the Nevada side there's a bunch of big casinos and on the California side, there's no casinos. But um, And it's funny, this one little skinny street separates the two states, and the casino starts like, I don't know, f- like five feet into Nevada is the wall to the, the big, huge, um, <laughs> the big, huge um, casino. Sorry, I don't go to casinos anymore. That's why it was escaping me. Anyway, Lake Tahoe, it's a big lake. It's actually huge it's like 20 miles by or i don't know is it 20 miles long by 10 miles wide no i think that's too big anyway maybe like 20 square miles it's a big lake and it's really clear i mean i we we walk down by the water a lot of times and the water is crystal clear it's i've i've never the only other time i've seen water that clear is when we went to in upstate new york uh, we went to Thousand Islands, which is on the St. Lawrence River, which is between New York State and Canada. That river right there around Thousand Islands, again, crystal clear. It's amazing. So Lake Tahoe was really cool. Me and my wife went out there, and uh, I was doing this seminar, and we rented, you know, I had some, we had a couple days free, so we rented some bikes. And I don't, I don't want to talk too much about bikes because we just had a bad experience with bikes. <sighs> so we rented bikes and we went for a ride. And, you know, we asked the person who we rented it from where the trails were and they gave us a little map. And we went riding bikes and we went, he, they said that there was this lake which was set back into the woods and there was no road that went to this lake. There, there was only like little bike trails, little walking trails that that's the only way you could get to this lake. It was just in the middle of the woods. It wasn't too far into the woods. Maybe, I don't know, let's say a mile. So we took our bikes there and, um, yeah, it was not easy to get there. It wasn't hard, but anyway, we parked our bikes. We walked down to the lake and it was this lake that was like totally, um, well, let me first say that Lake Tahoe itself is kind of a big tourist attraction. So there's, you know, like boat rentals and jet ski rentals. And then there's like the restaurants that are for, you know, tourism sort of. And then there's the casinos and everything. But this lake, 
um, that we rode our bikes to was just like very pure. It was not not touristy at all. It was just in the middle of the woods. It's like no one ever went there. No one really knew it was there. So you know when you find a place like that, it has this little enchantment to it. And it did. So we sat down next to this lake and it was, it was, we sat on these little rocks and the little waves were coming up. It was a kind of a small lake, but, um, the wind was blowing and some little waves were coming up on the little rocks and we sat there. And the reason I'm telling this whole story is because the atmosphere right there was tremendous. It was so pure and beautiful and you could breathe and it is, it's just completely opposite than from living in New Jersey and, and working and being crazy with life. It's the other opposite end of the spectrum. So there are places that have a great atmosphere like that. And I believe traveling is one of the greatest ways to, to find places like that because they're there. Um, and we'll, I could tell more stories later about my trips to, you know, Denmark and, um, Dubai and India, various places in India. I mean, travel is what I I would have to credit traveling around the world to to enhancing my character as a human being the most. I don't think anything else has influenced my character more than traveling. So that's about atmosphere. Um, if if you have, you can call me if you want to chat about it. Or you can go to the website, which is themysticshow.net. And um, I'd be willing to hear your stories about atmosphere or what, or your feelings on vibration and going places. And maybe you're, if you need any help with <laughs> how to handle the in-law's house, the atmosphere at the in-law's house or anything, um, go ahead and feel free to participate. Give me a call, 973-498-8033. I just realized I'm saying the 973 very quickly because it's that's a typical New Jersey um, area code. <laughs> but a lot of folks are listening. I know they're not in New Jersey. They're not on Eastern time. So um, anyhow, I speaking of atmosphere, I wanted to definitely mention one of the sponsors of our show is uh, Pause Your Life. And Pause Your Life is an organization that is all about getting together with like-minded people and just stepping out of the rat race, literally putting your life on pause and being yourself, period, with nothing else. Um, well, obviously everyone wears clothing, but <laughs> yeah, I know somebody was somebody out there was, was thinking that. So Pause Your Life, the website is pauseyourlife.org pauseyourlife.org and there's you can sign up and receive a daily email it's called the daily pause it's an inspirational email that you receive every morning and it gives you a reason to pause just pause your life for 60 seconds read the nice quote maybe close your eyes for a minute maybe ponder it and that's it I think little breaks in our life little pauses are are crucial. They, I think they really are. And Pause Your Life also has meetups and retreats. They organize retreats. I should say we because um, 
I'm involved in this organization, Pause Your Life. Very happy to be involved with my wife and a, and a nice group of local people here in New Jersey. So hello to everybody uh, who was here at the meetup on last Friday. As, yeah, so on the website, pauseyourlife.org, you can find out more about the meetups and retreats. Um, and you don't have to live in New Jersey to, to come on one of our retreats either. So anyhow, pauseyourlife.org, that's, um, that's my attempt at a little, <laughs> uh, a little classy commercial. I hope that was not, uh, <laughs> I think that was fine. Yeah. So here we are, the mystic show. I'm Chris Curran, and we are live every, every again, I want to say morning, but we're live every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. That's New York Time. We're live at 7 a.m., and what we do is we play replays of the same show at 8 p.m. Eastern Time that night, and also 1 a.m. that night. So if you missed the live broadcast, you can we do two replays, and it's being replayed on our station here called The Fractal Stream. That's an internet radio station, which you're listening to right now, if you're listening live. Um, we're also going to podcast the show. It's going to take me a little bit of time to hook up the podcast and everything. So what that means is that all the shows that we do are going to be archived by date. So you can go back and listen to various episodes or, you know, um, you can kind of search out topics and, and kind of listen to shows of the topics you want to listen to. Of course, that's if you missed the live show, um, which, or, or the replay. So it's good. Maybe you want to build this into your schedule every day. Maybe you want to pause your life and listen to the mystic show. <laughs> See that little connection? <laughs> All right. So now moving uh, to the next segment of our show, I wanted to, here's a topic for you. And, I, and I, I hope one of you can call me and we can chat about this one. I might need some help with this one. This is a big one. This topic is one that is actually probably responsible for all for most of the violence and hatred in the world and that is the different conceptions of god that people have you know everyone on earth i think knows the word god or whatever that translates to in any language um everyone knows the word god but every everyone attaches a different meaning to that word. So in religion, for instance, I, like I mentioned, I'm, I was raised Catholic. So I was taught what God is. And that was, to the best of my recollection, that was that God is up in heaven and he's looking down at us and he's judging us and we better be good or else we're going to uh, be punished and go to hell. <laughs> and, of course, Christianity also talks about that God sent his only son, Jesus, to earth. To And, I, and that's why I'm not in the Christian church anymore, because I don't even understand that this whole idea. But that God sent his only son, Jesus, here to 
save us from our sins. So basically, he died on the cross so that all our sins are forgiven, which I never understood because, and and I'm not, you know, I'm not poking fun at it or anything, but I really don't understand how all of our sins can be forgiven just because he died on the cross. Um, but yet God's still watching and still judging, and if you're bad, you'll still go to hell. So, uh, it, anyhow, so anyway, that's one conception of God, right? That's in one religion or one one part of one religion. I think Christianity has hundreds of different uh, denominations under it, which is, yeah, I, I don't know most. I don't know anything about most of them. So other people have different conceptions of God. You know, the American, the Native American Indians, they had their, you know, different tribes had their own conception of God. What is God? Maybe, you know, there's a God of thunder. Maybe there's a God of rain, right? They used to do rain dances, a lot of the tribes. So, and maybe they used to do certain rituals. Maybe they used to make an offering or not such, you know, there's different offerings. So you, you get the idea that all around the world, there's all these different people with all their different cultures, and everyone has their their idea of what God is. And um, that's why I, I actually wanted to write a book about this, all the different conceptions of God and and basically make the argument that God is just beyond all of them because God has to be beyond all of them, (laughs) right? If God created everything, it's beyond religion, it's beyond spirituality, it's beyond everything. And by the way, this is another thing about God that I want to mention. When, When we talk about God, a lot of times we say He, He's merciful, He's compassionate, right? Or His creation, Right? We're always saying he or his. And and what what does that mean to most people? That it's some being somewhere who's like a person or a being at least. And I don't personally I don't think that's right. I think it's it's abstract. And I think it's actually I think it's an abstract principle that our mind can't really even comprehend. And I think that is hard for people to accept because they, you know, we learned this, I learned this from doing seminars and teaching seminars and stuff that if you want to teach people, you have to show them pictures, you have to give them, you have to tell them via your speech, audio, you know, you have to show them visually, you have to show them pictures. So people need to see, they need to touch, they need to hear for anything to be real or to get the message. That's why abstract concepts are so difficult to um, to understand and to explain to other people, like God, right? That's the ultimate abstract concept. How can you explain it? How can you, you know? So that, I really think that's a big problem in the world is that, again, because the different conceptions of God or the different ideas of what God is, they create the different religions and the relig- you know the battles between the religions is where is where the problem is if we're honest i mean i that's my belief and i'm um, you know 
I'm open to saying it and I'm open to discussing it too. So if you call me, (laughs) uh, you know, it's funny. I have the phone here in the studio and you know, like a normal radio station, like they have the phones are in the other room and like, there's a call screener answering and saying, okay, what's your name? Where are you from? And what do you want to talk about? And they screen the call. So the, the call that gets on the air to a real, to a terrestrial radio station has already been screened. But here it's like this little, I should post a picture of it. It's like my, this little white phone right, right on the, the console in front of me. And it, it, it'll literally ring. You'll hear it ring when it rings. <laughs> and I just have to hit answer and put it up on the board and say, hey, welcome to the Mystic Show. And, um, and hope, that, hope that it's a good caller. So the conceptions of God and religion and spirituality. So again, this is a subject we'll be discussing. And and by the way, we're I'm going to be inviting several guests, a lot of guests onto the show too because you know the whole monologue thing is is good. I mean, I don't mind talking about different subjects and delivering information and content, but I think we're going to have some really great conversations very soon like like either in one minute or maybe tomorrow or the next day. So I just want to comment on religion and spirituality. I think when I was going to register the podcast in iTunes online, it asks you to pick a category. And one of the categories is, um, I think it's religion and spirituality. I should have, I should have, I should have it up, but Anyway, I think it's religion and spirituality, and then there's little subcategories, like one is like Christianity, Hinduism, you know, a couple of religions, uh, Islam, and then then there's one subcategory that says spirituality only. But I don't know, you, I always, I've always heard churches, Christian churches, talk about a spiritual retreat, and I think this word spirituality has is very much used in religions. And anyway, that's just an observation. But one of the things we talked about when I introduced the show was that this is a practical show. And part of a spiritual practice or even a religion should be achieving some goal, right? I mean, why do people go to church or to the temple? Why do people participate in religion? Well, I don't, you know, I mean, everybody has some goal. It's just some relief usually, right? They feel better after they go to church or whatever. Or they feel like God is looking down and and that's a good thing to do. And God will look down and say, okay, you're doing good because you went to church. Um, in a, so in a way, a spiritual goal is much more far reaching than that, meaning more abstract, I think. Because in my in my view of spirituality, spirituality is kind of like the next step after religion. And again, I don't not putting religion down at all. That's like saying second grade is 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 what comes after first grade. It doesn't mean first grade stinks, <laughs> and everyone should quit first grade. It doesn't mean that. Um, we've seen this. I've seen this a lot and it's happened with me where I grew up in a religion and I learned about religion and then 
my curiosity and my my appetite for learning the deeper mysteries brought me into other places. And the the most helpful one is meditation and a, a true spiritual practice. So that helped me. That's happened to many, many other people. That's what happened to all the saints, you know, the Jesus, the Buddha, you know. Jesus was not a Christian, and Buddha was not a Buddhist. They were just divine human beings. They meditated a lot, and they achieved some status. And then they were teaching other people. So they didn't start religions themselves. They didn't tell people, hey, start a religion after, after I'm gone. They didn't say anything. They just were... They just were. So religion seems to be the thing that we sort of codify and and, um, ritualize almost in honor of these great saints. And again, it's good. It's It's not bad. It's good. But some would argue that ultimately on your spiritual journey and my spiritual journey, we have to transcend religion and move into pure spirituality where there are no differences. There's no, there's no argument, argument about the conception of God. There's no argument. It's just one God and it's abstract and that's it. We live our lives. Whatever we do and think affects our life. You know, if someone goes out and drinks a ton of alcohol, they're going to have a hangover the next morning. Did God give him the hangover? So, I think Swami Vivekananda, who was a spiritual giant in India, um, I think around the turn of the 19th century, like the late 1800s, early 1900s, he actually came to the United States as well, and he, he gave some famous speech some religious conference in Chicago in, I think, 1896 or something around there. And he gave such a great speech. He got a standing ovation and it was, it was a lot of, you know, it was an amazing moment. Um, it's funny. I think all religions were represented there and they all, and he sort of was able to at least temporarily make them all come together into unity. And I think that's, anyway, I'm not, I'm not an expert on that event. Um, maybe someone who knows more about that event could call in. Hint, hint. Um, but Swami Vivekananda, he's also. There's a lot of books about him as well. Very strong truth uh, that'll just you know knock you awake. Anyway, he has a quote. He he made a quote that it's good to be born into a, a religion but it's bad to die in one. And obviously to me, to my mind, that means that it's good to be born into a religion. It's good to know that there's a God. It's good to have some uh, moral teaching that tries to teach you to be a good person. It's good. Um, and then at some point, it, if you want to go to the next level, you have to go to the next level. And that is, okay, you know, for me personally, it was, hey, I'm not a Christian anymore. I'm just a human being. <laughs> That's it. 
And it doesn't mean I have anything against Christians or anybody else. I love everybody. I mean, well, there's, hey, there's that word love. We're going we're gonna to have a long talk about, about that word love, right? People say God is love. And, and the saints have said that it's true. So I don't, anyway, we'll talk about love another time. But yeah, Swami Vivekananda, he said, it's good to be born into a re- religion, but bad to die in one. Um, and look, I just want to, again, point out that as a listener, wherever you are in your journey right now is good. If it's a, if you're in a religion and you're, look, not everyone in a, in a religion is, uh, how should I say it? Or I should say there are people in every religion who are really making spiritual progress. Let's put it that way. So religion is a place where you can make a lot of a real lot of spiritual progress, without a doubt. So if you're in a religion and you're comfortable there, go with it. You know, do it. Go deep. Do it all the way. (laughs) You know, see what you can achieve. See how far you can go. See what answers you can get. And part of getting a lot of these answers is going to be meditation. Because like I said earlier, until we regulate our mind enough, until we sort of harness our mind enough, bring it down to a normal level, until we do that, it's living life is very, very tough because our mind is just dragging us all over the place, almost nonstop. I mean, that's why we created Pause Your Life because... Even when you're sleeping, you're having thoughts. You're worried about work and your family and, you know? So, just to be able to get away for a weekend and literally put your life on pause and just be a human being. uh, That's one of the, that's one of the, it's so simple, but it's actually very effective. So, I, and I know a lot of you who are listening probably already have been on retreats and have benefited like this. So, so religion and spirituality, that's a, that's a great topic. And I, I, I love to have that topic again, and it's not to argue about it. It's just to talk about it and to see, help each other understand what's what. And in the end, in the end, after all the conversation, after this show, after any other show, in the end, it's going to come down to you in your own heart making an effort to become a better person and maybe to become a spiritual person, a divinized person. It's your own effort. It's only your own effort that's going to take you there. Well, and I should put an asterisk next to that sentence because there's a lot of teaching out there. In fact, most of the saints have said that you need a guru, that without a guru, um, the highest achievement is not possible. Which means that without a guru, they mean to say that you can get very far, but not the whole way. Um, And that's another show as well about the guru. And we'll have someone, I'll have one of my elder, elder, more wiser (laughs) uh, associates or friends come on and help me talk about that. 
Um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm hosting this show. I'm giving a lot of my opinions and, um, I really feel like, I mean, I've learned a little bit, but I really feel that there's so much more to learn and I really want to learn more. So it's, this show seems pretty cool because I can share what some of my experience, some of what I've learned, and I want you to share your experience and we can have, I'm going to have on guests who even share more experience and, um, and through that, I think we can all learn something really valuable. And again, as I said, instead of uh, waking up in the morning or whenever, turning on the news and hearing about all the the murders and the wars and the disasters and I mean, there's nothing wrong with the news, but it, you know, I think Jane's addiction got it right. Like more than 20 years ago, the news is just another show. It really is. I, in my opinion, it's just another show. It, it's, it's there to be shocking to get to reel you in and get you, you know, get you engaged in that fear, right? It's mostly that fear. So I think uh, I think that's going to be it for today. Uh, I thank you for listening. This is The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. Our website is themysticshow.net. And uh, we're broadcasting on the Fractal Stream, which is our internet radio station. Again, this I'm happy you listened, and I hope you got something out of what I said today. Um, if you look on the podcast, you can see the previous shows. And... I hope you can have a great day. I hope you can be mindful and maybe set the intention that you're going to progress spiritually today and be more graceful and in control of yourself and more effective in everything that you do today. So until tomorrow, keep shining.